Today is Friday, February 10th. The Yankees still playing the AL East. We know what's going on with our Yanks. Let's check out the competition a little bit. See if we can see anything. Let's talk Yanks. That's not John Boy. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. Recaps galore. Welcome to episode 844 of Talking Yanks. Right, maybe we've gone too far. Maybe we just... Maybe, Back it up. Maybe we go to 1,000 and we just reset it at zero. New new, new podcast. <laughs> um, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Talking Yanks. It's myself, Jake Storielli. You heard the giggle from producer extraordinaire BBD, Big Baby David. John Boy, is, uh, he's catching up on some life and... Uh, part of that is because my wedding is a week from tomorrow, uh, and I'm getting married on a isolated island. That's not really true, um, but uh, <laughs> that takes away a lot from the company and everything we're doing. So uh, we had to uh, kind of split duties. I'm taking some yanks today. He's taking everything else, um, and we're gonna talk. Presented by SeatGeek. We're going to talk about the division. Uh, you know, we've hammered the Yankees recently. We're still... I mean, I don't... I genuinely don't want this to come off as trying to feed Yankee fans or something. This roster still... This roster... <laughs> talk some <laughs> socks later. Uh, this roster still just something smells a little off. And hey, it could be small... Minor one-person trade, and we go, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Or, or maybe it's even one of these lurking, you know, free agent veterans get brought into camp late. Uh, I do think something else coming, uh, but there hasn't been anything for a little bit. So, uh, I think one of our yearly eps has been uh, checking out the rest of the division because we we play the majority of our games against the ALE. So I think it's always good to check in, see what's new. Uh, get you guys ready, and maybe we'll stumble into something uh, in a good way or a bad way. So, uh, Beeps, how are you doing? Doing all right, doing all right. Yes, yeah, it's sort of it's an important part of the off season process. Uh, just taking stock in the teams we're going to see more often than anyone else. Yeah, and uh, I think the other thing that deserves to be mentioned at the start is, in a way, we're seeing them less, right? Because with the balanced schedule, we're going mm -hmm. from 19 games to 14 games. Yeah, four, 14 per. So like a three and a four gamer each home and away for each of them. So, yeah, I mean, that's A, that's a big change. So, in a way, uh, I guess as, as a starting point... Um, Maybe it's slightly less daunting. We have started, if you guys know. Maybe you have no idea. Maybe you are Yankees till you die, and I love that. Uh, we do Talking Baseball, number one baseball show in the world. Whoops. Um, and we do, you know, we on Talking Yanks, we do our player profile and projections. Those are coming out. When do those start? The first one premieres a week from yesterday as your as your Wow listening so get Thursday. ready get ready for those we do about 30 players that we think will be part of the yankees roster the this year the players begin friday a week from today that's crazy um so get ready for those on talking yanks the player profile and projections for talking baseball we do team profile and projections where we do each team so we've started doing those they haven't rolled out yet those roll out next week i think bbd was alluding to that mm -hmm. um and for here, for Talking Yanks again, the division takes the priority. So I think we found a good way to split it up. Uh, and this whole thing, like I told you, our presenting sponsor, SeatGeek, code Yanks. SeatGeek, they are the number one app in the world. I don't know if I can say that. But they're my number ticketing. one rated ticketing app. And that's just a fact. 28 million downloads. SeatGeek, like... 
you're sports fans. If you're listening to this, you're probably familiar with SeatGeek by this point. SeatGeek is with us, and that means you should be with them. They've got the perfect system. This is going to flash back some Yankee fit. This might actually get your juice going for the season because we used to say this a lot. They got the red. If you know North American traffic lights, red means bad. The green dots mean go. Go get those tickets. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps like that. Use code YANKS, $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code YANKS. Click the link in the description to download the app. Thank you, SeatGeek. And a little little side note for SeatGeek. You know, I'm not great with Yankees. I'm not great with DMs, period. Uh, Insta or Twitter. Slightly better on Insta if you you hit me with a good punchline just because there's less action on there. Shout out to me getting married. Less action in my Insta DMs. Um, people were saying, you know, I don't, I don't have too many bleacher creature days in me anymore. Mm. You just got to be honest with yourself. Uh, I dress like I'm 43 years old and just got off the golf course most days. Um, other days I dress like a complete idiot. So that shouldn't be my argument. <laughs> but someone hit me with a good note. Opening day, San Francisco Giants, bleacher creatures. Sure, you know, you're either in that or you're out of that. First judge's roll call as captain. That'll be a big one. I don't know. For for some Yankee fans, that's a big deal. So, hey, maybe Siki can k- save you a couple dollars. Those opening, opening day tickets usually cost an extra penny or two, um, but... You know that'll be a that'll be a big moment. I Against wanna, the team he briefly signed with, maybe a, a standing ovation, something like that. The whole stadium going. So uh, with that, I think we talk about our AL East, and I think there's an even split here in how to do it. And I think, in a way, we'll go down the list, which will be shots fired, and in a way, I think we'll start with the Boston Red Sox, a team that. You know, most Yankees fans are focused on going into season. What does Boston have this year? The rivalry, one of the best rivalry in sports. Um, And with them is Baltimore. I I think there's two tiers in the AL East right now. Um, And hey, comment below. Get in the opinion. Share to your Boston, Baltimore, Tampa, and Toronto friends. And again, we're doing all of these individual teams on Talking Baseball, and we'll deep dive into them further. Boston finished last in the AL East last year, 78 and 84, a 21 games back of our Yankees. They were five games back of the Baltimore Orioles. For Boston, it's an interesting year. Um, and we actually already recorded their TPP. Where did the fans rank them? Overall, 1 to 30. Overall, our fans ranked them because the way we we determine our order is our fan power ranking, and we go in reverse order. The Red Sox were 21st out of 30 MLB teams. So, uh, bottom third. Bottom third of the voting. You do have to consider, you know, there's a chunk of our fans that are Yankees, so you're not going to get a lot of Red Sox bias, but I, I think that general area is kind of where... Most people have the Red Sox uh, coming into this season. Kind of, I think their over-under is is like 77 and a half or something like that. They are, yep. they're projected to be slightly under 500. And that's that's Vegas. That's money. That's not Yankee fans setting the line. That's, that's real stuff. So, what's changed? Uh, they lost Sander Bogarts. That's going to be, int- that's going to feel different for a lot of Yankee fans. I mean, we sneaky saw that guy in a Red Sox uniform for a while. Um, he was, like it was weird, like somewhat of a weird blind spot. I think we both have, have, have talked about that. He kind of rarely was like the death knell in any Red Sox Yankee where we come out on the losing end, but it there a long time, a lot of, a lot of big numbers like Red Sox fans, the Saucies were talking about bringing him back and making him the official captain there. So, I mean, crazy. He, you you just forget when guys get called up that young, like he was the shortstop. He was next to Pedroia for 130-plus games. 
Uh, he was ne- he was in the lineup with David Ortiz, and then it went to Mookie Betts, and then it went to kind of Devers as kind of the the lead guys on those teams. Bogarts was always there, and he was always hitting. Uh, and I think what it is, BBD, when talking Yanks started going in 2017, Bogarts' stats were still ah. He had one nice seat. 2016. He was really good. Everything around that was kind of okay. Since then, since 2018, he has been a premier player, and he timed it perfectly. If you remember the free agency, um, San Diego was going to go get someone. If you remember, they ended up in the judge bidding. Uh, Yeah, they made that last-second mega-mega deal. Judge ends up playing that well. San Diego was going to get a big free agent. Bogarts was next on the table. They signed him. Feel like that surprised Boston, so he's out. Some of their veteran pitchers from last year, Rich Hill, Michael Waka, still a free agent. Uh, Nathan Avaldi, uh, out. A guy that had been super reliable for C- them. Certainly their most reliable. Uh, and J.D. Martinez, who, you know, we, we'd seen for a while now. He, he's out. I know he, uh, he had a big first half last year and then really cooled off in the second half. Um, he's come down quite a bit from the MVP contention years at the beginning, but still... He's, Very quality player, and like fans still love him. So I, I was surprised to see his first half. He was 900 OPS. He was raking. Um, so what did they do? They extended Devers, so get ready to see that guy for the next forever, uh, and he will hit against us. And, hey, maybe Rodon has some answers for him, but be, re- be prepared for that. They signed Masataka Yoshida, uh, a left fielder uh, from Japan, his projections for this season are pretty nutty. He was signed five years, 95 mil, I believe. He's projected to have a 302 batting average, a 380 on base. Um, I guess let's see. You, you never truly know. Maybe he is the next you know, overseas superstar, and that would suck for us and be good for Boston. There's also a chance it doesn't click. Um, you know, Seiya Suzuki, who came on the scene last year uh, for the Chicago Cubs, he ended up having a very nice, you know, rookie campaign for a 27-year-old. Mm-hmm. He had a 770 OPS, like a 116 OPS plus. Like, that's that's really good uh, for uh, the history of, like, Japanese yeah. ballplayers coming over. That's... like any, I mean, anyone's first go-around against Major League pitching. Right. They, you are a rookie. So, the, the fact that Boston, he was one of their bigger moves, I think... It's not hard to see that guy being a big thorn in our side this year and the next five years, even even if the overall production isn't necessarily standout. He's a guy who's going to put the ball in play a lot, speed. Not not known for the glove, but and he's he, going to work a count. He's supposed to be walks and strikeouts are the numbers you want if you're the hitter. And maybe Boston, maybe Boston read it perfectly because he's, he's playing left field at Fenway, so the defense stuff, that can go away quickly or you, you don't really need too much out there um so he's one to circle in like first month of the season i guess to see what the red Sox become keep an eye on him uh keep an eye on him because right now they haven't penciled in to lead off and play left field which um that's big something you should also know kike hernandez who was their leadoff guy uh, during that 21 season where the Sox made it to the alcs he was out most of last year he'll be back they signed Justin Turner from the from the Dodgers, who had arguably the best, one of the best second halves in baseball last year. He's 38. He's going to DH and probably play some third base. When that guy's hot, he's still nasty hot. So really easy to see him peppering that monster. And his his numbers the on the season overall, like yeah, they're not going to stand out to you. He just had a dreadful first as, month, as month bad. and a half or whatever. Back half of the year, one of the best hitters in baseball. So, And they still have Verdugo, who he had a good second half after having a bad first half. They made a couple, like, year-later signings and trades. Adam Duvall and Adalberto Mondesi. Um, those guys, a couple years ago, put up big numbers. They had bad and injured recent years. So they're taking flyers on them. Tristan Casas is their big prospect. We saw him go opposite field. Uh, big lefty. We saw him go opposite field. Maybe an ESPN game might have been off yeah. Cole or someone else. Something like um, that. He's a guy that 
they really bats. need him to click and lock down that first base spot that's been a problem. With all that said, their pitching is still pretty scary. It's Sale, Kluber, Pavetta, Paxton, Whitlock in their rotation. There's nothing promised amongst that crew, which is nervous. Boston did address their bullpen. Kenley Jansen and Chris Martin uh, with Schreiber, who broke out last year. Tanner Houck should be back there. Brazier always finds a way, uh, it feels like, these past couple years. So what does it all mean for the Boston Red Sox and, and trying to keep it kind of tidy for you guys? Their offensive numbers last year weren't too bad, and there's a little bit of a Fenway there and a little bit of Devers and J.D. and Bogarts and some of those guys. A couple of them are gone. A couple guys are in. Red Sox and Fenway, it feels like they're always going to find a way to hit. It's how much will they pitch? Uh, will Chris Sale bounce back? Old friend James Paxton, can, what can he put together? Uh, the clue bot. Paxton basically hasn't pitched since being a Yankee. Right. We know what he can do, but... Can, can Whitlock be a starter for them? I Here's here's what I'd note. They addressed their bullpen, which Boston hasn't done in years, and their lineup can be good. They need things to go right, just like any other baseball team. So I wonder if that becomes their formula, and if they get anything from their rotation. How much can it hold up? Will they address it? And there's... It's becoming a little bit of a pressure cooker in Boston. Um, they finished last last year. And I know Boston has a history of first, last, first, last. Right now, the plan doesn't seem... Nobody knows what the plan is. We, when we do talk in baseball, you talk to people around the league. Nobody's really sure. A lot of their prospects are a few years out. Yeah, they're, they're best the ones that are part of the future. I, I didn't mention Brian Bayo with the rotation. He's their young guy who he had, I think, good six starts at the end of the year, and he, the, it passes the eye test. So if he clicks, that can be something for them to build on. Um, they need a lot to go right. Um, and I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what it is. The pitching is just scary, especially against the rest of this AL East. Um, but... The Red Sox have a formula, and if they can get enough starting pitching and get off to a hot start, they'll be around it in the start of the year. And what does that mean for the trade deadline? What does that mean for a front office that's getting pressured? Uh, if, they, if they're in the wild card mix, like the Boston Red Sox should be, should be active. They're the Boston Red Sox. Uh, so it's, I, I would be tracking Yoshi, uh, their new star, potentially. Hopefully for them. Um, they're, they're sort of reliant on it. So. What are they getting from their pitching, and what does it all mean? Because they stayed they stayed in the mix as I went back to it, and it was a lot of schedule. Like, the Red Sox were one of the true teams last year that when they played a... Kind of when they played good teams, they lost. When they played bad teams, they won. Um, they were... And let me... I'll get the exact numbers for you because I was surprised for it. At one point last year, they were 42-31. and 31. You know, that's late June. Like, they went, they went into July 43-33. and 33. Ten games above 500. So, you know, they kind of skidded out. And, again, they, they played to their schedule. They got off to a slow start last year. If they can get off to a good start, they started off 10-19. and 19. I don't know. I... They may there's a there's a world where they're relevant. It's not your scary Red Sox team. They finished last last year. It's not like they had a, you know, Texas Rangers offseason where they brought in ev a bunch of guys and like fire me up. There's a lot of parts out, parts in. Don't sleep on them. It doesn't feel like the year in Boston. Interested to see how some of the dynamics play out on that team. Um and, yeah, it's going to be a big first month for them. So I, I guess that's what I'd tell you. Lock into that because I think that's – like, if they're 10 and 19, I, I'll, be, I'll be on in front of the mic saying, like, they're – it's not the year. If they come out and they're 16 and 10, I don't know. I don't know. So that's, that's your Boston scouting report. Casas and Masataki Yoshida offensively can – can make They're them what would change their season. Can make them like a uh, elite lineup. Let's see, let's see. The Baltimore Orioles burst on the scene last year. 
in a big way. And if you've been bursting on the scene too quickly in the bedroom, maybe you should hit up Roman. You guys know Roman. They are the men's online clinic with no waiting rooms, no hassle. And if you order, maybe their tea support. That can help revive your sex drive. Testosterone, important for men. Like I said, the PE, if you're dealing with that, they have stuff for that. They have the Roman swipes last four times longer in bed. And hey, if you're struggling to get to that point or know someone is, get in touch with Roman, especially Valentine's Day is on the way. Go check out Roman, ro.co slash johnboy. That's ro.co slash johnboy. Uh, go get Roman if you're bursting on the scene too early, like the Orioles last year, or if you got anything going on in there. Roman are the people to get in touch with. They make it easy. 20% off your first order at row.co slash johnboy. The Baltimore Orioles. I think I dove a little deeper than I wanted to on the Sox, for, but I'm happy for them. The Red Sox are a fascinating team. The Orioles, for our purposes, I think are much easier to to break down. That's a great point, Dave. The Boston has a lot of moving parts after this offseason, and it's kind of a pressure cooker of a year. Um, give Heim some time. The Baltimore Orioles, like, you know, snaps in the chat. Like, last year was their big year, right? I, I mocked them early on. I didn't think... I thought there was a chance they didn't win 60 games last year. I I did lower it to 50 in a couple tweets, uh, and that really spurned some Birds fans. They ended up winning 83 games last year, 83 and 79. Awesome for them. And I guess the bigger thing, and I missed it, a lot of their young talent really came onto the scene Last year, and I, I want to slow build up to it because you've seen these guys the past couple years Ryan Mountcastle and Austin Hayes, a couple righty hitters who, when you saw them, you'd be like, Okay, yes, yes, like those are major league young guys, like interested to see what they become. They added with that uh, Anthony Santander, who we've had a lot of fun with on Talking Yanks because Ruco, one of those Ruco games. He was on the call. It's my favorite clip. I will find it and retweet it later. Because you look at his name and you think it's Santander. Ryan Rucco being the great play-by-play man he is. He goes, well, actually, it's Santander. And he said that to O'Neal in a blowout. Hmm. And O'Neal just started cackling. And he compared Ryan <laughs> Rucco to Pepe Le Pew. Basically gave him the, like... <laughs> The Talladega Knights, like, it sounds like you got peanut butter on the roof of your mouth. (laughs) Um, Anthony Santander was a uh, top 12 home run hitter last year. Uh, He's 28 years old. Um, So, there's there's people who want the Yankees to go get him. Right. So, hey, if if the Orioles are out of it, I, I think he is a trade candidate. Um, but Orioles fans, Adley Rushman, the super prospect, um, when he came onto the scene last year, he was arguably the best catcher in baseball. Um, and he's 25, and they're going to have him for a full season. They are over the moon about him and should be. I mean, he may be a star of the game after this year. But by the end of this year, he might be, like, the consensus best catcher. He's also in his second year, so you never right. know. But right. There's, he's I, supposed to be really good, and he delivered. He lived up one. to he so, lived up to it, and it, it kind of looked right. So they're excited about that. You know Cedric Mullins. He had the one monster year. He had another good year. He'll be at the top of that lineup. I mean, he's projected for 19 homers and 28 steals. That's a really good ball player. Gunnar Henderson. <clears throat> He'll be playing some shortstop in third base for him. He's the new number one prospect. So I've named a lot of guys. Ramon Urias had a nice season for them last year. Uh, Jorge Mateo might be... On the bench or playing shortstop, he plays great defense and steals bad. They have options in that lineup. Adam Frazier. Ramon Arias, the gold glove winner at third base. With a little pop, too. So, these Orioles, there's a foundation there in that lineup that that they can go, especially if Rushman or Henderson fully break out. 
Grayson Rodriguez is supposed to be there this year, but top pitching prospect in baseball entering the season. So that's where the pitching for me gets interesting. They signed veteran Kyle Gibson. You might remember him uh, from a bunch of different teams. Nice guy, by the way, friend of ours. Uh, they traded for Cole Irvin from the A's, uh, who was kind of the next A's trade candidate. Kyle Bradish. He kind of broke out towards the end of last year. Uh, had some nasty starts. Dean Kramer, Grayson Rodriguez is listed in the rotation. And, uh, I mean, some other guys that you remember from past years, like D.L. Hall. Well, actually, he's a prospect. You might be familiar with him. Bruce Zimmerman. We saw him pitch against the Yankees a bunch. Mm. Um, he's now a depth guy for them. Spencer Watkins, we saw him. So, that's where these Orioles, they're building out the depth on that roster for me, what's going to be interesting, and I'm, I guess this is my big reveal. I'm, I'm selling just a little bit of Orioles stock. I think they surprised everyone last year, and I think they snuck up on a lot of teams. Um, I think people know that the Orioles are legit this year, and they're they're going to take them more seriously. Their rotation makes me nervous. Um, as much as I love Kyle Gibson, uh, it's tough to see him having a massive season. I, he might be able to pitch well to that Baltimore left field and things like that, mm. and you could say the same with Cole Irvin. Um, I guess in their rotation, you know, Kyle Bradish, he's a young pitcher. Maybe he takes a leap and he can be a, a high-end uh, three or two starter. Grayson Rodriguez, like you mentioned, BBD, he's 23. is the top pitching prospect in baseball. Maybe he's a guy guy. And now when you look at their rotation, you're looking at Grayson Rodriguez 1 and Radish 2, and and they can go toe-to-toe with a lot of people. Again, being a rookie is really hard in baseball. Really hard, especially when you're facing the Yankees, Toronto, the Red Sox. Um, Their starting pitching to me is is scary. Knowing, Knowing who the Orioles are now for other teams, that's where you got to get them because I guess the other side of that spin zone is they have guys in their bullpen now. Felix Bautista is awesome. Maybe my favorite reliever in baseball. Former Yankee Dylan Tate, Michael Givens. Uh, is it Seattle Perez, the lefty? He's got kind of some, some funk to him. He's nice. They have pieces in that pen that I guess with Boston <clears throat> and especially as we talk Tampa, Toronto, and the Yankees, those starting pitching rotations for both of those teams don't do a lot for me. Um, and for the other teams coming up, um, I think they do. Both of them are, are depending quite a bit on a kid being a stud this year if they're going to do anything. The the Orioles, uh, while all of these, these guys in their core are cheap, the biggest issue is that they didn't go, you know, you could they could have... They should right. have been a huge player in the Rodon sweep six. They, were, they weren't really rumored for anybody this offseason. That was a lot of people were disappointed in that. This is the time to to invest in the future. If they gave Rodon the contract the Yankees gave, maybe they would have had to give more. Rodon wants to be here, but he can pitch well to that ballpark, I think. Um that would have been a about as good an investment in their future as they could have made. because uh, by the time that's over, then then the, then the guys got to get paid. It's just, it's they should have been after somebody like that, and they weren't. So a lot of people are disappointed. But with that said, they have a lot of good young players that are gonna be there, and they did get reliable arms in their bull in their rotation. They just didn't get a, a stud that like really changes things. And, and that's where that's where when you have I like to zoom out. The Orioles, like I mentioned, they finished 83 and 79 last year. Should they be better this year? Yes. Um, you know, my my argument of, you know, they're not gonna sneak up on people, that could that can mean nothing if you're just better. <clears throat> so if you're the Red Sox, we kind of went through what their highs and lows are. If you're the Orioles and and say that 83 win vibe team is there and Grayson Rodriguez is good or Gunnar Henderson is really good, which both those guys have a chance to be, you know, they stayed in the wild card dance for a while. The Orioles might be in the mix. Um, I'm, I'm personally not there, but that is a very personal opinion. And Hey, 
you know, some of the teams that we've seen in recent years and we've even been jealous about, you know, going to the Atlanta Braves, like a lot of their young talent clicked instantly. Instantly. 21-year-olds, kids, kids, he yelled into the mic. <laughs> um, if that happens with the birds, they will be a problem. I guess I, I don't see that happening this year. I think maybe next year we're talking about a scary, a potentially scary Baltimore team. I could be wrong, though. Like, that's, that's pure opinion at the end. Um, the Orioles are not, they're not who we thought they were for the past five years before this, going back to, like, Machado, right? Yeah, since 2016. <laughs> Buck Showalter. Remember hey. him? Darren Favre on to yeah. the next teams. So that that's kind of your your first tier of the AL East. And, man... Again, for for what we're talking about, there's some divisions that have teams that, you know. You, you can expect to beat them every time you play. Where where did the fans have Baltimore ranked? And again, Baltimore was ranked. Our, our voting, little high on them. They're ranked 15. So, I mean. Right in the middle. That's uh, that's that's pretty crazy for, for the Baltimore Birds. Um, and for any division's fourth best team. To be still top half. Yeah. Which that's what it was last year. They were above 500. So that brings us to Tampa Bay and Toronto. Uh, kind of your next tier in the American League. The, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. You always have to treat them differently in a good way to them. In a respectful way almost. Um because they're always there and they always find a way. They had an 86-win season last year, uh, so 10 games above 500, three games ahead of the Orioles, 13 back of the Yankees. They pitched. Starting pitcher ERA was third. Relief pitcher ERA was seventh. Their offense, uh, 25th in OPS. Uh, so a bottom five OPS team. Uh, batting average was higher. Steals were up. <laughs> But they had a ton of injuries last year. Throughout the season, it was one of those like, whoa. It, they, are, they are like the hurt team of the season. The 2018 Yankees, was that the team that everyone did it? 2019 um, was the, I mean, both those years. 2019 was the year the Yankees persevered through it. Persevered. Um, they had a ton of injuries. And when you're the Rays, you know, you... you you have depth, but especially offensively, that depth can get hurt quick when, you know, Zanino was out for them the whole year, and he's pretty much gone now. Kiermaier, um, he's gone. That's interesting. I, Big part of their identity. I guess I haven't fully, like, consumed what that means, but um, he's gone. Ryan Yarborough, uh, Kluber I mentioned, uh, Nick Anderson out of their bullpen. What they did end up doing... This offseason was they extended a bunch of guys. Yandy Diaz, um, he got extended. They extended some of their pitchers. Uh, Fairbanks, my guy, Pringle him. Here's, here's where I'll start it off. If I was selling some Orioles stock in the AL East, I'm buying a little bit of Ray stock. Um, Wander Franco was out a ton last year. Remember the Rays gave him 300 mil? The Tampa Bay Rays? And, like, he's supposed to be that dude. Like, basically the last image I have in my head is of from 21, Wander Franco hitting a home run over the Green Monster in the playoff game. And it was like, damn, this dude. This dude's a problem problem, huh? Um, he had a very injured last year. He'll be back. Brandon Lau was injured for them last year. Like, a lot of their guys... While meanwhile, Isak Paredes uh, had a very Ray season, and he could be a potential problem. Harold Ramirez, he did some good stuff. Manny Margot is still there. So it's a Ray's lineup. It doesn't strike fear into you like a lot of the scarier lineups in baseball, but you know they're going to play matchups. You know there's going to be a couple guys that over-exceed expectation, and... If Yandy Diaz, Wander Franco, Randy Rosarena, or Brandon Lau have big seasons, that doesn't surprise you at this point. Um, 
They've got young guys that'll be in the mix in the rest of their lineup, but I do want to move on to their pitching. Shane McClanahan has become one of the bona fide aces of baseball. He is 25, um, one of the best lefties in baseball. They also didn't have Tyler Glass now last year, who he rehabbed back from Tommy John, made it back for the end of the season. So on the Tommy John scope of limiting your expectations for a player, he's a little different. Like, he kind of came back. He should be ready to go this year. So McClanahan and Glasnow. Glasnow has some of my favorite stuff in baseball. By the way, Chris Rose rotation, he's also an awesome dude. Uh, which I hate, but go check out his episodes on the Chris Rose rotation. Really wanted, wanted to hate him. to not like him. Wanted to hate him. He's incredible. Drew Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs were phenomenal for the Rays last year. Like, incredible. They are back. They extended Springs, by the way. Um, and they signed Zach Eflin. Came over from the Phil's. To their biggest free agent contract ever for a starting pitcher, I believe. Maybe yes. it's everything. I, I think everything is is like a three year deal, right? And by the way, I think it's some Yankees, you know, Yankees BS. And there was a quote recently where Brian Cashman said Yankee fans aren't spoiled or something like that. I forget what that was, but um, I think Zach Eflin was three for forty one, and that was the Rays' biggest free agent contract. So. Just put things into scope sometimes. Different uh every now and then one of those stats comes out and oh, you know, how many how many free agent pitchers have the Yankees signed for more than forty one million? My goodness. Um the long and short of it is when anytime any pitcher goes to the Rays, you get a little scared. For them to give their biggest contract to Zach Eflin, who's twenty eight, and it felt like he was finding it more and more with the Phillies. And I think he ended up closing a couple playoff games for them. He was At one the of their more, of more relied upon relievers early in that run. Um, and you just know the Rays are going to pitch. And their bullpen was even banged up last year. Fairbanks was out a lot. Jason Adam was like one of the breakout players um, in their bullpen last year. And you'll recognize Tom- Thompson, Poche, uh, Clevenger. And you, you know they, they, they bounce pitch. guys around and as far as the roles or whatever. They... They play the matchups better than any team plays the matchups. They pitch. Um, Expect them to find that wheel of arm slots. Patino, Yanni Chirinos might be back this year, which has me excited for Burns. Um, hell, you know, their non-roster invite list for spring training, just seeing those guys in Tampa scares me. Like Ben Heller, you think the yeah. Rays wouldn't love to tap into... To Ben Heller for some Yankees outs. They love that shit. Um, <laughs> so, again, one man's opinion. I'm buying some Rays stock. Um, I think they had the injury bug bad last year. I think there's big pieces, little pieces, whether it's a glass now, whether it's, I mean, you know, glass now and Wander Franco can be the two best players on their team in a given year. Uh, and they should be full tilt. I'm buying some Rays stock. I think uh, I think they're going to be better than last year, and they were an 86-win team last year. So uh, the Rays playing at the Trop, always a nightmare. I'm interested to see where they land, and I, I think, again, maybe I'm too close to the situation. Maybe the Orioles and the Red Sox are better. Maybe the Yankees. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's tough to picture the Rays being worse than last year. They had everything you go wrong that could. So they're one of the smartest teams in baseball. Where did uh where did the talking baseball fans have have them ranked? The Rays were ranked number twelve team in baseball. Okay, third in the East. It's a tough division, people. It's a tough division, uh, and part of what makes it tough. Are the Toronto Blue Jays? They finished second in the East last year, ninety-two and seventy. And you, if you want to go bet on them, you can go to the DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, or if you want to bet on the Super Bowl, Super Bowl fifty-seven this weekend. Wow, Sunday, it's coming. And if you're new, 
You can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. If you haven't seen Super Bowl prop bets, uh, get in the DraftKings app. Click around. Uh, there's some fun stuff in there. Uh, from the coin toss to will the game end with an odd and even score. I've got a Jakey Parlay mm-hmm. coming. Uh, and just to be honest with you, Kansas City. Boom. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code YANKS. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code YANKS. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. The Toronto Blue Jays. You've known them for a little bit now. They had the come up. Bichette. Guerrero. Um, you know, they signed George Springer. That was a massive move at the time. They've had reinforcements. Alejandro Kirk. Matt Chapman. They're pitching. Treating them a little differently. Alec Manoa. He's been a thorn in our side. Um... Kevin Gossman has been a high-level starting pitcher the past few years. Uh, They signed Chris Bassett from the Mets. He's one of my favorite off-season signings. Barrios, it's hard to picture him being as bad as he was last year. Uh, And then they have Kikuchi. They have a couple other guys. In their bullpen, Jordan Romano. You know him now. Uh, He's been their closer. They traded for Eric Swanson. They have a nice bullpen, man. It, it's not, you know, you have to be in the baseball weeds a little bit to know the Eric Swansons, Yimmy Garcias, Anthony Bass, Tim Meza, Adam Simber. Gross. Hate how he throws a baseball. And the other thing was their goal this offseason was to get some lefties. They got Dalton Varsho from the Arizona Diamondbacks, my Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, Young ball player, 26. He was catching and playing the outfield. People love him. He's projected for 29 homers and 13 steals. He should be outfield only this year. Uh, He might end up behind the dish a little bit, but they have Kirk and Jansen, who were great last year. I'll take the over on .5 appearances for fun. He'll end up behind the dish. He could still He's he's holding on to that to be a team's third guy. He's a kid. Um... I also mentioned Kevin Kiermaier, slated to bat last and play center field. Um, That's going to be interesting. They signed Brandon Belt, who uh, a lot of people's sneaky free agent list like him because whenever he plays, he does really well. Whit Merrifield's on this team. Uh, Kevin Biggio and Santiago Espinal, who was a breakout player for them last year. They have depth and options, versatile guys. Um, The offense is going to bang. I already mentioned Springer, Bichette, Vlad, Kirk at the top. You know the offense is going to bang. They were first in average last year, third in OPS. Mm. Their starting pitching is going to be good. It's kind of what level good. Um, you can't, Don't bet against Manoa. You don't, I want to bet against Gossman. Um, Bassett's as solid as they come. Rios and Kikuchi, if, if those guys good is really good. Like if they get that from them, um, and I think they really, they would have guys come out of their bullpen that I'd be like, ooh, like, yeah, Rafael Dolis, he could get you out. This guy gives us trouble. They've improved their bullpen. Um, and, and I think they've improved their roster. They've improved their bullpen, uh, with a friend, Chad Green's there. Yeah. We'll see if he can, can make it back for the end of this season. I didn't even mention Ryu, uh, he had Tommy John last year. He should be back at some point for them, maybe. Um, it look, looks like he and Chad got it around the same time. Ryu obviously has to build up to a starter's workload. So, Chad, they like for sure will see this year. I do want to say uh, they did lose some pieces. Ross Stripling was good for them last year. Um, and they traded Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Gurriel Jr., two of those guys that were part of, like, the up-and-coming Blue Jays, and were kind of constant big, threats. Big parts of their, like, identity. And I think we talk about a lot on, on Talking Yanks especially. Being a threat is important. Um, you know, there, there's some guys that don't scare you in a lineup. Teoscar was always scary. That guy won silver sluggers. Um, Lourdes, it felt like he had highs and lows, but he, he was a good ball player. I wonder if they feel the effect of that, especially when they're expecting... 
you know, Dalton Varsho coming over to a new division, some that takes a lot of players sometimes to adjust. Maybe it doesn't. I mean, maybe he's just a stud. There's some wiggle room there in their lineup and rotation of how's it going to click and what's it going to look like. They're a very talented team. They won 92 games last year. Um, and I think what may be more interesting, and maybe this is sports radio and maybe it's not, but it feels like at some point we're just waiting for that Toronto light bulb to go off. And getting bounced from last year's playoffs, if I remember correctly, two games. Yes, yeah. it was a two-game wild card uh, to Seattle. Which, again, think of the scope of that. Like, it wasn't Houston, who's, you know, they've been in the ALCS the past six years and dominant. It wasn't the Yankees, who still have, like, the allure of the Yankees and, you know, Garrett Cole at two games. Like, you can't. The Mariners, who, you know, they're, they were, like, the upstart team after Toronto. And then they beat them, and it's still two games. The Blue Jays got shut out and won by Luis Castillo, uh, and then it was a 10-9 crazy game, if you you remember that. The Blue Jays switched managers last year. Like, and they kind of blamed their manager a little bit. Who is that guy? He's so well-liked. Montoya. 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 Like, one of the best stories in baseball. And when he got fired, they were kind of like, yeah, we kind of thought we needed a change, which is like, damn. Yeah, like the players... They, like, all had it's quotes about needing a change of tone. So you changed the manager. You got swept in a two-game playoff. You know, some of the guys that were part of this Blue Jays core starting to get moved out of town. This is the year I think we find out who these Blue Jays really are. If, if they hit the on switch, on switch and go, they should be competing for first place. They have that talent. If they still view the regular season as the, well, you know, let's win games and get through the regular season and we'll turn it on for the playoffs, then I don't know. Uh, it feels like that light, light switch won't go on with these guys. These, these guys are, you know, Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero. This, they've got over three years of service time at this point in the MLB, which, which that's big. Um, Matt Chapman is projected for 31 homers and plays – Probably the second best third base in Major League Baseball, arguably. Um, these Blue Jays are good. I, I guess, BBD, I'll, I'll kick it to you for a second and try to be as neutral as possible. And I think we do have to start wrapping up. Do you see the Yankees, Jays, and Rays are pretty clear one, two, three rankings-wise? Mm-hmm. Just talent, pure skill. And that's not how sports and baseball work, so I'm, I'm not saying that in a negative light. But do you have the Blue Jays closer to the Yankees or the Blue Jays closer to the Rays? Because last year, funny enough, the Rays were 13 games back. The Jays were seven, which has it almost, almost perfectly. It's a little bit even. right where I've got it. Yeah. Um, I guess I have them closer to the Rays in that, like, there's an argument that the Rays are, like, the bigger threat to the Yankees just because Toronto hasn't had that full breakout season yet shown yeah it can easily just click this year it's baseball it's how it works these the bulk of this team's been together a little while now um there's I think I think if somebody wants to tell me the Rays are just better than them and they're the team that's gonna give the Yankees a run for the AL East because the Yankees I think are the clear favorite for the division still but uh like a, that's not an incorrect take. Like I don't think anybody can be mad at that. And and by the way, I I just think for Toronto, you know, sometimes as Yankee fans, we're we're fans, right? And you know, the Blue Jays, they're kind of they're kind of like the annoying new kids, and they got some quotes that you know ended up being egg in their face a little bit. I just reliving the timeline. This kind of started in 2020. Um. Which, you know, that's a weird year as it was. Uh, that led into 21, which they were doing. 21 was the Florida-Toronto year, right? Yeah. They, uh, did they ever end up in Toronto in 21? Or Florida-New just... York, Buffalo. Yeah, they, I think they were just Buffalo most of the year. 
here. So they've had some weird stuff going on. I think that deserves to be mentioned. And even last year, Yankees had three road series in Toronto, and all three were in different cities. So when you consider all of that, with all their youth and building up to this really good team, to have two 90-win seasons, I know they've talked a lot of junk, and there has been literally zero playoff success, 0-4 in the past three years in playoff games. This could be the year it's building up to. So I, they are the biggest threat, I, I think, easily talent-wise. And the Rays always have the Rays factor. The Yankees added Rodon. They won the division by seven games last year. I do think the rest of the division might be a little more scrunched. I, I, I don't think that's crazy to think. You know, the Yankees did have their miserable August. Let's not talk about that right now. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a tougher division. There's less games in the AL East. That's where we started this whole thing. So maybe that benefits every AL East team. The maybe. AL East projects to be the t- division that is benefited the most from that. Um, so with all of that, uh, there's a little ALEs preview for you. I, I guess comment, let us know what you think we missed, uh, or what you think need to be talked about more. Who do you think, who are you most scared of? Yeah. Who are you most confident against? Yeah. Um, and it's always, it's always so fun in the season to find the quirks of the season. Uh, you know, do we, do we dominate the Red Sox, but the Orioles just, ruin us you know i it's gonna be fun to see what those teams look like this year and man those blue jays i guess for this exercise where where'd the fans have them ranked that's the one thing blue jays are ranked eighth okay okay and that's um that's them coming off underachieving you know like i know you can't do this but say the blue jays had a good ALDS or even got into the ALCS. I know you can't do this because they didn't, but, you know, people might have them ranked as a top-five team. Like, they haven't won a playoff game, and people still like them as a top-eight team in baseball. Which, they've, when you do that as ALNL, like, that's a... They've won that's a over, scary team. over 90 games the last two years, but they hadn't won 90 games since 2015. So and they moved in some fences, so that'll be fun yeah, new, to see. That'll that's important to to our purposes. Just the ballpark's gonna look different. Yeah. So thank you guys. Uh, we love you. It's gonna be might be a funky week and a half or two because I'm getting married and stuff. So uh, either way, uh, sending lots of love. Yankees win the A's by a hundred games. Go PP Yankees. soon. Tell them, Grandma. Go Yankees.